0: everybody, and welcome back to Wonder. It's so good to be back. I know that it's been a minute. We have just come back from, I think, what, a six-week break, and it's really good to be back. It was a wonderful break. As we talked about a little bit leading up to the trip, we had a big trip in Europe coming up. We had two weeks in Italy, some time traveling for work, and then I wrapped up the trip actually going to Nice with a friend of mine for a couple of days before coming home and building up to this trip. I talked about it a couple of times on the pod, but it was one of the big inspirations for a podcast, actually starting planning this trip to Italy. So it was really cool to actually go on the trip. But leading up to the trips of the week before, we were supposed to have one more episode that was going to come out. But unfortunately, we ended up moving and it all got so chaotic that I just wasn't able to get the episode out. I knew it would be super rushed if I did. So just wanted to give myself some space to focus on moving And then we had the trip and then uh, we got back, let's see, like a week and a half ago. And so have been settling in to the new spot now that we're back and we are ready to go. We have some really exciting episodes planned. A number of them are going to be for this uh, or on this trip. And some of them are going to be new content, not on Italy specifically. So it's going to be really exciting. I think that we're going to have a lot of fun on the next episodes, and I'm so excited to be back. It was a really great trip, and I can't wait to go into all of it with you all. But today we have a really exciting episode. I know I say this everyone. I think every episode is the most exciting episode yet. I listen to this podcast um and i can't actually remember what it's called but they always would call each podcast the best one yet as in the, the most recent one is the best one yet and i feel like this is the most exciting one yet um every one of them is, is so exciting but this one is really fun because this turn, this this podcast has been a little bit of my brainchild and I've talked about, you know, I really love travel. I love talking to people and culminating all of that into one has been such a special thing to do. It's been really exciting. I've learned a lot. It's been interesting. It's allowed me to connect with people in different ways I hadn't before. And this is a really good example of that. I was talking to our guest, Luke, on the trip that we were on part of it about the podcast and a little bit about my thoughts and goals for the podcast. And I told him, you know, up thus far, I have only talked about trips on the podcast that I've actually been on, and I haven't done ones that I haven't been on, but that's where I wanted to go. You know, I wanted to get to a point where, of course, I'm talking about my trips and my experiences, but I'm also able to share other people's trips and experiences that aren't just my own. And so he was like, Oh, this is perfect. Like I have this really cool trip I did to Mexico. I would love to share it. And of course I have no context for this trip to Mexico. So it was perfect getting a little bit in the hang of, you know, talking to someone about a trip when you don't have any context on that trip. So I'm really excited to share with you guys this episode on Marita, Mexico. And Merida is the first stop that Luke and a couple of his friends went on in their trip to Mexico. And so him and I talk for ages about this trip, all different things that he, he learned, a little bit about the you know things that they did and general vibes. And it's just a really great conversation on this place in Mexico that I'd never heard of before. So I hope that you all will enjoy this. There is one disclaimer Around fifth, the minute 15 mark to 17, when Luke is talking about the place that they stayed, there is some fuzziness in the audio. We were recording with, uh, not virtual, uh, we were recording with mobile microphones. And the difficulty is you can't hear yourself when you're recording. So you just have to hope that all the audio comes through. Whereas when I record the podcast at my home, I have headphones in so I can hear everything coming through and you know if it's going to be corroded or not. Unfortunately, we didn't know that with this. It's only those two minutes. So if it's a bit cringe and you want to fast forward, you definitely can. I don't think it's bad enough to have taken out because Luke is talking about this really cool place that they stayed. And of course we can't really get the audio again. So I kept it in there, but just wanted to let you all know that I do know it's not sounding so great. However, you can understand him and you can hear it. It just sounds a little bit fuzzy, almost as if he's using one of those voice protector things when you used to call people uh, and use those apps to change your voice and you should call them and tell them that their refrigerator is running or something. Prank call. That was it, that's what I was looking for. So anyway, there is a couple minutes, but just 15 to 17. Otherwise the whole, uh, the whole thing is flawless. We did record, like I said, with these remote travel microphones. So the audio isn't the same pristine quality you've come to know and love in the last, Couple episodes since I got that new microphone, <laughs> so uh, so bear with us. But I actually think it sounds really good. You will be surprised; these travel microphones are thirty dollars on Amazon, and I actually think the quality sounds so great. They hook up on Bluetooth, and they're really cool. So if you're interested in recording on the road, then you should definitely pick some of these up. They are amazing. Obviously, this isn't sponsored, but I just really like the the microphones and how transportable they are, and The audio is incredibly surprising. So with that being said, we will go ahead and jump into the episode. I hope you guys love it. It is so good to be back. And please stay tuned for the upcoming content. There's going to be a lot of exciting stuff coming up. So do not worry. I am not going anywhere for a while and we've got lots of stuff coming up. So thank you again for joining us as if this is your first time. Amazing. Thank you. If you have listened before, also amazing. Also thank you. Really excited to have you here and can't wait for you guys to listen on Marita Mexico. we are recording. Cool. Hello, Luke. Welcome to Wonder. Very excited to have you here. Really excited to talk to you about a trip that you took last year. And before we get started, we'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about who you are and a little bit about where you're from.
1: Hello. Good evening. It's, uh, yeah, it's Luke. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> um, first podcast. So A little bit nervous, but uh, we should be able to get through it okay. But yeah, my name is Luke. I am from Belfast in Northern Ireland, and uh, Christine and I are currently in Lucca in Italy. We are. um, Enjoying our, well, my last day of my holiday here. But a little bit about me. I am currently living in Belfast in Northern Ireland. I was uh, born very, uh, very close to Belfast, down near an area called Strangford Lock, lovely part of the world cool um but very secluded so yeah um coming to italy is a definitely a big change of pace but yeah i'm going to be talking about a holiday experience i had last year which i'm looking forward to
0: amazing well welcome to to wonder we're really happy to have you. Thank you and this is well yeah so we're actually recording this podcast in luca italy which is amazing we're on a trip together and do you want to introduce how we know each other
1: yeah, um, well, Hugh, who is uh, Christine's partner, I am, I would like to think, his his best bud. <laughs> uh, him and I have known each other since we were about 13. He used to live over in Northern Ireland, um, which he maybe mentioned in a previous podcast, um, with his... The, the nature of his dad's work and um, did a lot of traveling in his earlier years, and Northern Ireland was one of those destinations. So, uh, Hugh and I met there and have been best buds ever since. Did a little bit of traveling ourselves together in Australia. He's now out there permanently. I'm still at home. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, obviously I've, I've been introduced to Christine now in, in Italy as Hugh and Christine have been planning this trip for a long time and decided to get me to come along as a, as a wee extra, which I'm very pleased about. So yeah, I uh, just met Christine a week ago and it's been horrendous <laughs> from start to finish, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get through.
0: <laughs> We've had a terrible time. Yeah, I yeah. honestly, the, recording this podcast is just, it's we're at the wit's end. Yeah, we're wit's I'm getting end. a bit of money for it. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been really fun. And for everyone listening, of course, Hugh has been on the podcast a couple of times. And so it was really cool. We started planning this trip, although we're not talking about the the trip that we're currently on today, um, too much in detail. We started planning this trip, and Luke and Hugh were talking about, you know, wanting to to meet up at some point, and it just kind of came up that we we were all just like, why don't we just all get together in Italy? And so we've done that, and it's been so much fun. I've never taken a trip before with like a partner's best friend, just the three of us, which we started just the three of us, which was really cool. And then of course we've met up with his family and whatnot and in italy has just been spectacular and yeah right now we're sitting in this villa room and it is really amazing um very old italian villa and it's really wonderful so
1: yeah i think what i find amazing about a villa is you know there's been 10 of us here and every single person has completely their own privacy yeah. whenever they want it oh. it's such a big place and swimming pool and everything it's probably the only the second time i've ever been in a villa and it still amazes me how you know you just kind of want to we break and there's so many places in the building that you can go to to just take a minute which is yeah. probably my favorite part about it well it's funny too because yeah there's so many people there There's about
0: 10 people here at max and everyone has their own space own areas anyone can kind of do whatever and even right now we're having this conversation and people are cooking dinner and sitting outside talking. We can't hear anything because of how yeah, I just deal. massive it is. So yeah. anyway, well, thank you for joining us. We're really excited to chat with you about a trip that you took last year. And really interesting because this is our first interview. So when we were talking a little bit about the podcast, uh, we were talking about how I was basically had told you that, you know, I've all of the podcasts I've done so far, are all trips that I've been on. I haven't interviewed anyone on a trip that I haven't been on before. And that is, you know, kind of what we were building up to. So this is our first podcast where we're talking about a trip that I don't have really any, any idea about. So I'm really excited to talk to you about the trip and really get to know more about your experience on the trip. And we'll be focusing on one part of your trip because it was a pretty big trip. Um, yeah. But tell us a little bit about where we're talking about today.
1: Yeah. So, it was uh, last September, so September 2022, uh, me and two good friends of mine uh, from home, uh, two guys that I've known for a long time, we've always planned to take a holiday together. and We just thought, okay, let's go somewhere that none of us have been to, somewhere that's a little bit extreme, um, but we thought we'll be able to get a lot out of three weeks there. Uh, so we chose Mexico um, and had a couple of options in mind. We were thinking maybe going out to you know the Philippines, Vietnam, somewhere like that. But then we thought Mexico will definitely give us a few, a few stories to remember. Um, and yeah, we uh, we had to fly into Cancun. But you know, from reading up about Cancun, it wasn't really what we wanted out of the holiday. You know, sitting in a all inclusive hotel for three weeks wasn't uh, wasn't the ideal. So um, yeah, we decided to. Try to get out to more the more rural parts of the country and uh, get a little bit, little bit more of an idea of their cultural sides. And uh, you know, Mexico has a fascinating history, and um, in a sort of archaeological sense, in a way, there's a lot of a lot of ancient stuff there that we were kind of keen to see. And the three of us were very much on the same page about that. So, yeah, we went uh, we went out there just for three weeks, and we decided to. Uh, mainly focus on an area called Merida, uh, which is in the sort of Yucatan Peninsula. Um, I don't know, have you ever heard of Yucatan or do you know Merida at all?
0: I've heard of the Yucatan and I know of the area of Cancun, but I'm one of few Americans that actually hasn't been to Mexico at all. It's so close that are just right on I your know.
1: doorstep too
0: you I, know. I know I know it never come up but it's really high on my bucket list so yeah. yes I do I know of the area geographically but I've actually never heard of Merida before we talked about it I heard about your trip
1: yeah yeah absolutely I mean you'll know from me coming to Italy uh, you told me where to get to and uh, <laughs> apart from that <laughs> no idea where we were going to go to after that so whenever I go on a holiday I try not to Try not to know too much about where I'm going at, you know, setting expectations too high and, and things can maybe be a bit of a bad idea. So, you know, I know we, we knew where we were going and how we were getting there. And we booked all of our internal flights and uh, certain things before we got there. But then do massive amount of research. We wanted to kind of um, scout the place out in our own time while we were there. We had plenty of time, so it was good. Um, but the main thing that we did in Merida, uh, which I would highly recommend, um, I mean it depends on the group, obviously, if there's a a confident driver in the group, but um, you know, two out of the three of us were very confident in driving the other side of the road and you know, the other side of the car, obviously being from the UK, but um but yeah, we rented a car for the the duration of our time there and um in Merida they do give a lot of um know, a lot of options on, you know, getting on a bus tour and going out to the certain sites and uh, the certain things they've got in surrounding the Eucatan area, but that really limits you into the real hidden gems mm. that the that the area provides. So what, what I found out there, and again, I'm not going to pretend to be in any way, uh, um, an expert in this um, again, if somebody's listening or thinking that's that right. is complete bullshit, <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> that's
0: right. We're just one one perspective it's all it's, yeah. it's not a um, the perspective yeah. just a experience and perspective. so don't worry.
1: Okay okay. <laughs> yeah. well this is what I think is maybe correct but yeah <laughs> um, So basically in um, you know in, in Yucatan that is essentially where the meteor struck. Uh, that's made right, all of okay. the the dinosaurs extinct. So mm. the actual crater that that um, that is is still there is all underwater now, so you can't really see it. But okay. in the Yucatan area, that that's essentially the area that it hits. So there are a, are a lot of um, sinkholes mm-hmm. in that area, also called cenotes, and mm-hmm. um, basically these like freshwater caves uh, that go into the ground. And mm. um, I mean. These areas are all completely natural. They're absolutely beautiful. And um, they've got fish. Uh, they've got loads of different uh, wildlife that go around them. And you can swim in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can uh, scuba dive into them as well. Cool. Um, so, yeah, like they've got a huge sort of cultural and environmental significance. They provide a sort of fish and clay for yeah. the Mayan people, and, you know, way back in, I don't know when the time period was, but. <laughs> That's okay. And did you guys, but, yeah.
0: did you guys? was this near where you were staying or did you take like a day trip here what did your guys is it look like
1: yeah kind of had to be day trips you know it was it was pretty long drives to get out to mm-hmm. out to the good ones but you know you do the research and there's you know hundreds of these that surround merida and um, but all a fair bit of a drive i mean you could be talking an hour and a half to 2 hours away um but you know feel like they're very reasonable um renting a car in itself was very reasonable in in price, uh, probably the same cost as what it would be for you know a bus trip. Obviously, bus trips are very convenient, but with a car, you can stop off anywhere that yeah. you want um, A lot of these cenotes are down real sort of dirt tracks, mm-hmm. very difficult to get to, very secluded, and um, only costs maybe thirty cents to get into them um, and it 's only real wow. really locals that go to them, um, so very quiet and very private and that 's what we find really special about them So um, how
0: did you guys? How did you guys, is, I mean, because even as you're describing this, I'm imagining, you know, it's off the beaten track. There are a couple hours. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, really only locals. How did you guys find all of these? Funny
1: scenarios? enough, there's actually, you know, you're driving down a sort of main road, and then you'll, the way we kind of went to a couple of them is you see a sign off mm. the road, and it just literally says, you know, the name and Snote. Yeah. And um, so bang a left or bang a right, and then just follow the follow the signs. Um, a lot of them are on Google. You know, you go into right. certain Certain reviews, and you know, do a bit of research in your Airbnb or in your hotel before you go, and, um, you know, f- pick a couple that you just want to cover off during a day. And cool. every single one is is so different. There's some that are enormous that you can't swim in because it's too dangerous. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's you know you can't get into them, and other ones are, you know, sort of, um, you can just sort of walk into mm-hmm. them, and it gets, um, you know, it gets deep enough to to dive into. They're not they're not dangerous, and other other ones are kind of in a cave mm. uh, where it's very dark and they have to be sort of lit up by artificial light and everything. But um, yeah, it's, it's so, so much variety in, in terms of size and you can easily put in one or two days just exploring these, these cenotes. Um, and, you know, for us, that's exactly what we wanted. Did you um, guys
0: pack your, you know, snorkels and whatnot, or did you just have kind of swimmers and the towel and yeah. head out on the great open road? And <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Funny enough, we, we didn't, get to we didn't get to actually do any like form of scuba diving and the scuba diving was more more for the professionals to be honest you need Mm. to have done it a couple times none of us had really done any scuba scuba diving so snorkeling yeah we we did in in the bigger ones um a little bit but it was more just kind of swimming and and dipping the feet in and kind of Taking pictures of the the outstanding beauty because they really are they really are amazing. But you know yourself on day trips, especially long drives out the day, just yeah. disappears. So you maybe get two, maybe three in a day. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, you have to go. But uh, no, I highly, highly recommend going to going to those cenotes mm-hmm. if you're ever near that area.
0: And so I guess even just to rewind for a bit. So how did you guys decide on Merida? Where did this come up in your research and what stood out to you? Was it the cenotes or was it something else?
1: This is a little bit random. Um, I was round at, my, round at my friend's house and one of them uh, was living out in the Isle of Man and it's very difficult. We were two, three... Three guys that are pretty per on our phones, so uh, organizing this over phone calls and everything was extremely difficult. So
0: Landlines, it, it sounds like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, the organizing part of it was was taking far too long, and we realized we'd booked the flights, but nothing else had, had been booked in between. So like, we need to figure out what we're doing here. One of them was living out in the Isle of Man, and the other two of us were at home. Uh, but he came back home for a couple of nights and we just sat one night apart to say, right, we're going to at least book our accommodation for the first place we're staying in. Mm-hmm. Still haven't decided it. And on Airbnb, this random place came up and it looked so bizarre and so weird and so wonderful that we thought, okay, let's look at it. We didn't even know where in Mexico it was. Uh, we just said, you know, we're getting to Cancun. We can get to it wherever it is. We can take a flight or whatever. And just turned out this place was in Mreda. But it was like... And the funny thing is, we originally thought it was an actual renovated church, Mm -hmm. but it was just a building that a guy had made into something that looked like a church. So he had altars, he had confession boxes, he had so many extra rooms, so much detail to... Anybody that just maybe watched a, f- a few too many horror films, it would be <laughs> an awful spend of money. It would make you feel very unsettled, and it's far too weird. But for us, it was like, wow, this guy has put in some serious effort.
0: and um, wow. I'd
1: need to show you show you some pictures to show you what I mean. But yeah, I mean, enormous rooms, really high ceilings, everything's very detailed, carved wood. Um, it's very traditional. The place had an insanely large outdoor area. Um, all covered in uh, in different sort of uh, ivy and, and wildlife and um uh did have a, a really nice pool and um, with a big big shed and um, kind of overlooking it and um, not one that you were meant to jump off but we did uh, at the dead of night when there was a really vicious thunderstorm so bizarre <laughs> like a thunderstorm filling up the sky and we were jumping off the shed into the pool in pitch black But anyway, that was, that was good fun but, uh, they had a really large outdoor area with so much, so much extra space that, you know, they only had three bedrooms and it was basically made for like over 20 people. So I don't know what this guy was really thinking in terms of accommodating that many, that many bodies, but, uh, yes, so much extra space and up in the top bell tower was actually where I got my head shaved. So
0: that right. it was the
1: moment I was like, just after we woke up the morning after we arrived, um, was whenever I decided, yeah, let's get rid of the hair. And okay. Then,
0: and what what came over you with the? Was it the scenery? Was it the uh, the the church? Was I it don't know. The-
1: yeah, it was nothing to do with the actual Airbnb. I think it was just the the build up and the excitement of actually getting to our our destination. The the actual travel out there was was pretty horrendous for us. It was a lot of stress involved. So I think it was just okay. We're here. I felt very detached from my normal life so I was like yeah let's get rid of the get rid of the hair that can always grow back and uh, yeah of course kept a shave to this day so if you're listening and you're thinking yeah I didn't want to shave my head and my hairline's bad and I'm scared of you know making the plunge as long as you've got a little bit of facial hair to compensate Get rid of it. Get rid of it.
0: (laughs) And just go down to Mexico and and you'll get the natural energy to shave it anyway.
1: Gives you the nudge you need.
0: (laughs) No, it's really cool. I mean, even just, we were just talking and looking at some photos. This is one of the most incredible Airbnbs I've ever seen. I don't know how you guys even were able to like found this place. It looks like something that just is from the gothic mexican renaissance if that Mm -hmm. happened or existed so when you and how long do you guys actually stay here for
1: uh we were there for six nights in total okay so a good
0: amount of time yeah
1: yeah and for the same you know for the the size of place that it was extremely affordable um but you know whenever you're scrolling through very hard to actually settle on a place in terms of location and value for money and um you know, if, uh, it's going to be a good fit for everyone involved. But yeah, this place was like a real shocker. You know, we didn't expect it and the, the way it was pictured didn't uh, compensate for how it actually was, you know, it was, it was way better in person. So one of those few times that you were, you know, pleasantly surprised, uh, with that sort of thing, but, uh, but yeah, that's the only reason that we went to Merida and luckily Merida seriously provided so much more than what we what well, we expected it to which was was great
0: and did your friends were they so they were you guys were all on board with just going to Merida you didn't know anything about Merida before you went so had anyone done any research or did you guys plan what you were going to do in Merida when you touched down in the Airbnb and then you guys kind of sorted it out from there
1: yeah so once we once we booked the Airbnb and we had that bit sorted you know it was little by little in terms of organizing for that trip but once we decided yeah we'll stay in this airbnb and we got that booked then we thought okay well we're going to be here for you know six nights um so we might as well you know figure out what what there is to do in that area and then we and then we sort of figured that there's the very famous uh chichen Itza, mm-hmm. uh, which is like uh one of the sort of world famous archaeological sites um and it's basically never heard of it um <laughs> <laughs> World famous, <laughs> but yeah, I'd never heard of it either. <laughs> um, it was um, basically, like as, as I say, an, an archaeological site, and essentially that's where these sort of cenotes uh, would would come into it as well. So cenotes are like the sinkholes. So basically, the like the the likes of like sort of Chichen Itza is like a Mayan ruin, so mm-hmm. kind of uh, mm-hmm. pre-Columbian cities uh, made by Maya people, um, a, a very very long time ago, and they're still sort of uh, finding these things. But mm-hmm. you picture these like square pyramids, uh, yeah. really really large, like Egyptian pyramids, almost, mm-hmm. um, in sort of very deep rainforest. Uh, Chichen Itza is probably the most famous one uh, mm-hmm. because it's the it's the largest, but um, you know, we then decided, yeah, let's let's rent a car and we'll go out to Chichen Itza. It was by far the most famous and most local attraction of the Merida area. Yeah, I mean, Chichen Itza was great. I, I really did. I, I find it fascinating, and um, you know, you kind of latch onto the back of um, you know, some guided tours being done, as a lot of people do, and kind of listening. And yeah, you know, the history of the of um how these how these cities have been discovered and what these people did. Absolutely fascinating. Whether you're into history. Or not regardless of your situation you will find that extremely interesting and they had all these sorts of games that they played as well at uh, one very famous ball game and the court is still there and they have hoops and everything that are still wow. intact and um, they can you know teach you how the ball game worked and you have to you can only use your sort of knees and mm. thighs to kick the ball and you're trying to get the ball through the hoop and um, but on the guided tour they, they sort of said you know um. It was less fortunate people that were put into the ring to play and it was yeah. to the death pretty much. Um yeah. you know, the, the ball was so heavy that if you got hit in the face you probably died. So and then also the loser of the game was kind of taken up to the top of the pyramid and was then sacrificed. And oh, was wow. then and was then brought down to the cenote and I was throw, gonna
0: make a joke, but now it feels yeah. <laughs> misplaced. Never mind. A, little, a little
1: bit dark for <laughs> a little bit dark for a first a first podcast. <laughs> Back, wow. Like, back. No,
0: this is interesting. But, no, 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 this yeah. is interesting. Wow. Uh, well, what I was going to ask it, mm. w- with that, so Chichen Itza, so as you noted, it's really popular. Yeah. A lot of people travel specifically to Mexico to visit. Yeah. It. Was it busy? You guys didn't sound like you guys went with a tour. What was the vibe? Like? Yeah. Because it sounds like you learned a ton, which is, which is great. So where did you get this information?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Great point. Um, that was the only thing we didn't have a huge amount of expectation on Chichen Itza, but we did. And like this Airbnb also had a fantastic TV. So we got to do a lot of sort of YouTube research tonight mm-hmm. before we went to kind of get a, a vibe. So obviously the YouTube videos all droned whenever it's very quiet. We're like, wow, this is what we're going to. Fantastic. And then, of course, we got there and, um, you know, it was loads of buses, so many tourists from right. all over the world. Kind of like how it is. You know, um, in, in certain parts of where we've been, like Palosanto yeah. and things, you know, during the day at peak hours, yeah, it's going to be very busy. So, um, so and, yeah, and does it? it was, and,
0: sorry, does it open? Is there some sort of gate, or is it like a park area, or yeah. I guess I'm, yeah, I'm trying to, because to be honest, I've seen Chichen Itza uh, photos of it, mm-hmm. but. When you kind of said the surrounding jungles, I had kind of assumed, but I'm trying to just understand, you know, if you guys are driving up, does it kind of just come out of nowhere or,
1: or what is? Yeah, good question. Um, I think from what I remember it did, Um, it did go on quite a bit uh, to get there. You know, it was like so many signs and you had to drive for 20 minutes and then all Run. the way down this very long straight main road. It wasn't like a dark track or anything. Um, you know, the, the more they discovered of this ancient city, the bigger the attraction became and then sure. more facilities they've got there and um, so no it's a huge car park and um, it's not so much a gate that you go through and mm-hmm. um, it's a couple of gates you go through but like a gated sort of ticket area and mm-hmm. um, so you buy your ticket at the gate and then go through um just for the car park and um, but then a huge car park and then you go through like a big visitor center building to buy your ticket into the area mm-hmm. all the way down that uh, you know down down the area to it was done done quite in a quite an organized manner um, because they always sort of pull you over and stop. But at those, you know, checkpoints, they tried to sell you everything they possibly could in terms of sun cream, hats and extra clothes and, I heart Chichen Itza, mm-hmm. best tops, all that. I went
0: to Chichen Itza, all yeah. I brought
1: back was this. shirt. So I, bought, I bought six of those. And, yeah. uh, and you wear them for
0: six days, and on Sunday, you wear
1: something. Yeah. Well, I'm currently wearing one right now. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, so, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it was all done in a very uh, organized manner. But at the same time, you know, all of the locals saw this as a huge opportunity to sell everything and anything. Mm-hmm. So while we were there, I mean, it's hard not to. These stands, the stands that they had, for these so you know man made um or handmade uh different sort of objects and items and rings and gems and um fossils and all sorts you know that they they use this as a huge opportunity to sell their craft um and you know some of the stands are absolutely beautiful yeah. there's loads of different pictures and things that you can buy pretty, pretty standard stuff, but you know we bought this like handcrafted <laughs> sounds a bit um <laughs> sounds a bit extreme but it's like a handcrafted dagger not mm, not one that you yeah. could use for anything but yeah. um but yeah it was like a really really nicely crafted thing but then we bought it um and it was i think it was like i don't know the equivalent of maybe 15 euro or something mm-hmm. um and then yeah we, at the end of the trip uh, we got into the airport and we saw we saw like a hundred of this oh. exact same thing all in there. Yeah, like, I got the, this
0: amazing, I went to Chichen Itza, I actually have yeah. this amazing
1: dagger and then it's... This guy made this absolutely by ever. hand, by himself. No, he he whittles
0: <laughs> away making these daggers by night and sells them by day. Yeah,
1: so if you think the thing is original at Chichen Itza, it's more than likely not, uh, unless it's very obvious, so... Oh,
0: uh, such a bummer, such but a bummer. Yeah,
1: it's, uh, but, you know, you have to get involved with it yeah. and get some sort of memory for you know for the occasion, but uh, I, I thought Chitnita was was brilliant. You know, it really it really was good, but it's hard to really enjoy it with, with you know with the crowds. Yeah, like like anything.
0: So on this trip, we've really learned that with Italy and in Rome, and even today, we we went to to Florence for a day trip from where we're staying, and yeah. and it's just so important to go really early. So is that do you think like going early would make a difference? Like, is there a kind of, would, do you think that would be, you know, something like people could go see Chichen Itza a little bit better if they were going quite early or is it maybe around the clock? It might be just insane.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, uh, again, a massive benefit if you do rent a car. Yeah. Renting a car. Okay. That sounds like a big, yeah, a big win. Because it, it did take us a little while to get there. Um, and by the time we got there, it was kind of when everyone was arriving. So a load of buses and, um, you know, everyone that I was doing there, once Note and Chichen Itza day trip, you know, we kind of arrived when all of they, those guys arrived. So, yeah, if you um if you get down as early as possible and, you know, it doesn't take very long to get around the whole site. Once mm-hmm. you've seen something, you're like, okay, on to the next thing. Cool. You don't need to stand for half an hour at each thing and stare at it, you know, get your photo and and move on. Um, But obviously... It's Very easy in a place like that with such natural wonders in front of you it's very easy mm-hmm. to just kind of look at everything through your phone mm-hmm. and think take a picture and it means like you know I can always look at this yeah but put the phone down and really really look at what you're look what you're seeing in front of you no it sounds so obvious, but you know at certain certain things even sport events that I go to I'm kind of watching it through my phone sometimes mm-hmm. like what am I doing just look at what's in front of you and it's like wow yeah because the scale of these things that you're looking at is insane and how how these people made it is still unknown moved all of these rocks and has
0: to be aliens yeah. <laughs> i always has think the same with the pyramids of giza as well so there's no. there's just it seems so inconceivable mm-hmm. and yeah i've um i've heard this and um, someone else who had talked about um other kind of mayan ruins and maybe it was even um the ones in, in peru that was talking about mm-hmm. there's just these blocks are so massive these blocks of rock and how they could possibly build them it just it seems even inconceivable for today let alone you know at that time so I think yeah my gosh the scale of it just must be really astonishing when you're there.
1: It's the symmetry of it as well and the perfection you know there's no uh, there's no mistakes and the you know the the little renovation that they've had to do since discovering these cities Mm -hmm. is it's absolutely astounding. and they're still finding more and more. You yeah. know, because the forest is so vast and it's so thick. that the more they go in, the more they're finding. So there's still a lot more that we're gonna that we're gonna see, and a lot more that we can learn about that. Um, you know, that time, which is which is excellent. But after Chitzenica, we still did have a bit of time, and to be honest with you, after, you know, we we'd really built it up, mm-hmm. and um, after we saw, it, we just wanted to get out of the crowd, and it was a little yeah. bit underwhelming. Thought. Um, you know, I would love to see something similar, but with mm-hmm. a little bit less less crowds, and yeah. that's where we came across a place called. Pardon me if I am pronouncing this wrong, but it's either Uxmal or Uxmal, U X M A L, and um, it Uxmal. is basically another site, but mm-hmm. uh, and not far, I think, from memory. I think it took us like an hour and a half, maybe from, maybe not as much as that, maybe about an hour uh, from from Chetunita, but. By far, I would say my favorite part of Merida was going to that place. It was so quiet and it was wow. so big. Uh, and I mean, because it was so quiet, you could really sort of have certain areas to yourself mm-hmm. or just with the group that you're in. And, then, you know, with, the, with less noise makes you really appreciate everything so much more. You don't yeah. feel as rushed
0: and take and, a nice like yeah. deep breath. And so was this similar to Chichen Itza like or very
1: similar? Yeah. Yeah, it, it was um in terms of the size of their um you know their their sculptures, I'm sorry, not their sculptures but their their buildings and their tombs and mm-hmm. pyramids and things then yeah, it it was very similar. I think Chichen Itza did give more more content to look at, but mm-hmm. Bukmal was it was smaller but it was more impressive yeah. i thought okay. um you could go on to certain things as well you know you can't walk onto these um you know onto these structures mm-hmm. um you know you can't walk to the top of the pyramids or anything they would be really dangerous to walk to the top as yeah. well If you fall down then that's it mm-hmm. um but with malia yeah, you can walk on certain things go up really close um and again another sort of slightly weird thing but there's so like thousands upon thousands of lizards around it's like i mean everywhere wow. everywhere you look gotta be careful not to stand on them sometimes so, wow, that's so quite cool to get up close to the, the wildlife in that way um <laughs> but yeah if you're in the area then well i cannot i cannot suggest more
0: really um, okay yeah. that's cool because it sounds like chichen itza early morning definitely go yeah. see take it off and yeah. then spend can spend a bit more time at a or yeah However, we pronounce it. Yeah. Okay.
1: It still doesn't take very long to get around it. I mean, as I said, once you see it, yeah. take it in, get your picture, and move on, you could probably get around it in one hour, maybe an hour and a half. Just depends, you know. And,
0: and how long did you guys spend at Chichen Itza?
1: Yeah, Chichen Itza, more ground to cover. Uh, we also did, I mean, they make it extremely hard for you not to buy things. So uh, <laughs> you're kind of, you want to get out of the place, you have to walk down this really long, Path and the path is filled with these stands and some of the stuff is really cool. So yeah. we did spend a bit of time there at the end, just looking at different stalls. And then it started raining extremely heavily, so you had to stand underneath someone's stall <laughs> to protect yourself. And then that started <laughs> off a conversation. Then you can not buy something. So I think maybe two and a half, three hours we would have we would have spent there. Yeah.
0: Okay. Cool. That's really really interesting because I it's it's fun even you know having this conversation because. I know people who have been there before, but I've never really heard anyone describe it before in such a way where now I can really see how you could fit it in. You know, it's not like a full day. It's, you know, a yeah. part of a day could be an early morning, but you can see some of these other ruins that you can really spend some some time with, which is, which is great.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, if I was to go back, I mean, I would definitely visit more cenotes, but if I was, be given the option to go back to Chitsunitsa, i probably wouldn't you know i've I've seen it i've done it kind of don't really need to get any more out of that experience i wouldn't know what to expect and i can't imagine it will change very much unless they do you know discover a lot more in the Mm. area and like no i need to see that yeah yeah because a lot of the stuff you know photos don't do any justice at all you need to you need to go and see the scale and to really take it in but it depends on what type of holiday you're looking for i mean obviously as I said, you don't need to be a history buff to enjoy this, mm-hmm. you know. It's just human history and being impressed with what humans have done. You don't need to be into history to appreciate that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought those those were excellent. But just for a really fun day trip with a group of friends, um, going and visiting these cenotes in a, mm-hmm. in a car and, you know, taking as long as you want at these places and going down to the less accessible ones, which usually turn out to be the better ones because they're quieter and harder to get to, then yeah, um, I would I couldn't recommend that more.
0: Cool. I love it. And so you guys spent some time at the Cine Days. You guys spent some time looking at the ruins.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anything else that you guys did activity-wise and Rita that stood out to you?
1: Well, I got extremely lucky Um, one evening. Uh, we got back from one of our one of our day trips. It could have been, could have been that. Um, usually after a day like that with crowds and sun, you just kind of want to sit and mm-hmm. <laughs> get away from everyone. Um, but you don't want
0: to sit around with hundreds of thousands of people. <laughs> no,
1: no, no. But unfort well, unfortunately, but also very fortunately, that's that's what happened. Um, I think it's twice a year that there are there. That's basically Merida celebrate a carnival festival type thing, mm. and the whole city. Um, basically gets involved and so i was just sitting outside and we had no idea this was happening but i was sitting outside just in the pool and i heard music pretty loud music kind of coming from the pretty um near distance and i was thinking what and it went on for quite a bit yeah i was thinking that's not a car that's not just a local club or something that is you know, that is something that's clearly outdoors you know you can tell something's coming from the mm-hmm. stage so yeah um so i kind of just dandered out and to be honest with you marita Merida is a very, very hard city to navigate around. And mm. every single street looks exactly the same. It is, it's, <laughs> it's worn down, but to, but to, uh, to in a really nice way, but you know, every single building looks so identical right. Um, all of the, you know, it's done in areas. So you mm-hmm. kind of keep yourself right by knowing the area name that you're in, um, Interesting. Like, like any sort of city, but, um,
0: like, and, and, just to, and I think when we would, I lose that briefly. So yeah. Merida is about 800,000. People, yeah, it's a good size
1: city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, abso- yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's not a, you know, we were pretty close to the center, and yeah. you know, to to get out of merida didn't take very long at all. Um, you know, if you know where you're going, it's a pretty direct road yeah. out. But it's basically like, as I think I mentioned to you, it's like a chessboard almost. Yeah, okay. You know, it's just these long straight streets, and you know the the lines are very faded so knowing if you've got right away or not is all down to just quickly <laughs> deciding and yeah. not hesitating and um and knowing your knowing your area but um but yeah um What was the question again
0: (laughs) uh about what other activities so i think you reset loud music and then of
1: course yeah so yes once you leave what i I certainly find it difficult once i had left the airbnb you kind of need to keep yourself right and remember where you're going so retrace your steps um Mm -hmm. and or just rely on your phone obviously with your map so if you don't want to use your 4g then get your route up um you know on your on your phone and then use that so sort of on your on your phone, and then don't use your four G while you're out. Use that trick. Um, but yeah, I kind of just followed the music, and then went down, and there was a crowd sort of forming onto the street. Mm-hmm. And just sort of stood and, and waited, and within an hour, there were thousands of people that had gathered, and basically all over Merida, they'd set up these stages where they had like um like a carnival. So men and women, very very attractive men and women, dressing up um in least really feathered costumes, uh, dressing up and going onto the stage and doing a synchronized dancing, uh, wow. to like carnival music and so many food stands, so many, so many different variations in the crowd and not even just, you know, the locals, but anybody that was in Merida that was visiting was there. Um, I mean, it's all done in, in Spanish, you know, yeah. um, you don't really know what's, what's going on. Um, especially if somebody comes onto the stage and explains what's, what's happening, it's all done in very fast Spanish but getting involved in all of that was was very special so I got a, a full evening of that um, and of course everyone's drinking tequila and then passing bottles around, it's all very inclusive and there was a big theme park open as well so the kids can go and enjoy the rides and you know adults as well but you also got a big um, London Eye type, type thing to cool. go and look over the, the city and see everything that's going on so loads of fireworks loads of fun they only have it only happened twice a year and very very luckily that was just one of the evenings we were there um, wow, and so, so cool yeah i got to enjoy the full extent of that but what it was called why it was there what they were celebrating i'm <laughs> not so sure good. if i could tell you but
0: <laughs> so that's i mean, that's really cool I, I love that you stumbled upon that yeah curious to hear just because you mentioned the food so how was the food what do you uh, think
1: The food was, I mean, we began our trip in in Merida, but, you know, in Merida, it was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, We did a lot of what we've been doing here, kind of making Mm -hmm. our own breakfasts. Um, So a lot of of the local stuff, um, a lot of queso, to be honest. Mm. Uh, And queso is great, but um, they're, in a non-cliché sort of way, they're so mad with, you know, their wraps and tortillas and, and that type of thing. So... A lot of the breakfast did um around that. A lot of chorizo. Um but amazing. It's it's like walking down a walking down any busy street in in Mexico um that we were at. You know, if you just fancied a very quick, you know, thirty cents um quesadilla, just like a cheese wrap with maybe a little bit of meat in there. You just had that and it, it did you for a while. It's the way they did their food was was amazing. It really was. And they're um their spices that they used and how they cooked things um even the way they did chicken and how they mar- marinated their chicken was just was just insane but it was spicy you know spice yeah. is their thing so spice is not my thing at i all. was just gonna say <laughs> so what thing. i was actually
0: gonna say before when i asked the question is Coming from Northern Ireland, what did she think of the food? Oh, um, horrendous! And the spice.
1: <laughs> I'm talking from the perspective of my two friends who like their spice. I had a, I had a pretty horrible time. <laughs> I had to get myself to like a little bit more before I left. So my
0: steam just coming out of your
1: ears every oh, time you had a,
0: a taco. <laughs> I know it was
1: hot enough, and I made the, the sweating even worse. To be honest, but uh, I did I did I did find the food was um was extremely good, but. Without being too informative on the podcast, (laughs) we had to stop eating Mexican food about halfway through.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Yeah. um, (laughs) Slightly uh, backfired on us. Uh, We really enjoyed the food for the first half of the trip, but then the second half we... Yeah, physically, you have to stop eating. As physical. is,
0: as is so much travel too. It's just, yeah. it's so. I mean, you never remember that part. You you never remember that part, and it's almost like you have to. Yeah, you have to just kind of mentally prepare for your body to reject whatever. It's so different. It is. Yeah, it's just different. Yeah, different things. So that's really funny. <laughs> I, I love spicy food, and okay. I love Mexican food, mm-hmm. and one of the things in in Australia is it's really hard to find really good Mexican food. Mm-hmm. So I'm always on the hunt for yeah. really good Mexican food. Yeah. And also why Mexico's very high on my list of places to visit. It's oh, like definitely really want to spend more time definitely eating Mexican food.
1: yeah. I mean we you know, had a, a we had a, a night in Merida and um, well it was pretty much the first day that we arrived. We thought we'll go down to this this local bar. Um and it was a very, very, very large um, almost outdoor restaurant but it was kind of the best introduction to a Mexican holiday that you could have asked for Um, you know I went in and loads of outdoor tables um, a massive tree growing in the middle of the in the middle of the place I mean it just kind of made a really cool aesthetic to it and mm-hmm. then um, this woman got up and um, started you know singing in Spanish and then loads of Mexican music came on behind her and uh, you know within no time at all uh, a lot of the tables were getting pushed together and everyone was starting to you know join into their groups and what i what i found was really great was any drinks that you ordered they brought over more snacks it was random you know like Mm. different crisps and and popcorn and dips and (laughs) cheese and all sorts and you weren't even ordering it It was all just kind of came for free but we, we arrived there at about 3 p.m and within Two hours by about 5 p.m., we had our table pushed up against four other tables, and we made a friend group of about I don't know, I'll show you the picture, but it's like 20 different people. And we were, wow. everyone was buying drinks for everyone. It wasn't just they were kind of okay, let's get these boys yeah. to buy us drinks. It was, um, it was so inclusive, and they were just loving the fact that we were there and that we were visiting. And everyone just ended up absolutely hammered. <laughs> we had such a good time. Um, and honestly the language barrier made it very difficult. But that's what made it so fun was we were just kind of getting getting our point across to yeah. everyone and again, you know, the staff were all getting involved and the staff were all drinking with us and it was just it was just so, so, so good. Um but I, I honestly can't I can't say how nice the people were in Merida, not even just in, in this bar, but anywhere that we we needed to get directions you know if we were taking a wrong turn in the car Mm -hmm. we're just in a shop buying something simple um or out for breakfast or anything like that everyone was just so welcoming so happy to so happy to help and um i think you get that mostly with those sorts of countries it's very rare that you get a bad experience (laughs) in in that way but mexico in particular really stood out to me and the people couldn't have been more accommodating to us so
0: that doesn't surprise me at yeah. all. I think that's exactly in line with with what I would have, which was what I would have thought. Which is amazing, and I love the when you travel, you just seem to find these situations where everyone who is also just you know you just kind of get looped into these celebrations yeah. or conversations or whatever it might be. Um, but I'm curious. So, did you find there was a lot of other travelers? Like, did you see a lot of other people traveling, or? Maybe it's not so much on the map as a kind of tourist destination.
1: Yeah, not so much. Uh, more whenever we visited the likes of Chitsunitsa. And then I saw, I did see a few younger English people there for like the carnival night. Um, mm, okay. And they did have a certain stage where it was like more for people in their in their 20s, like techno yeah. and all that sort of. I was a DJ and, and things. So I did see in that area there were a lot of travelers. Mm-hmm. um but in your normal kind of walking down the streets and normal hustle hustle and bustle you didn't you know you didn't really see them it was that's why i love Marida so much as you got a real sense of the actual culture yeah you know I'd, the first mo- you know morning that i arrived i needed to get a phone charger and it took me about an hour to Find somewhere to get me one, but in that hour. And you still just... don't
0: have a phone charger. <laughs> no,
1: I'm still, still sconging off my friends a year later. But uh...
0: currently, my phone charger plugged into your phone into the wall. <laughs>
1: yeah. <Right>
0: now, <laughs> as we record.
1: I think I'm getting up before you tomorrow morning, so I'm going to be taking it home with me.
0: <laughs> I may never see it again. Yeah.
1: um but like you know, whenever I was going to get my phone charger that morning, I spent an hour just walking up and down the, the main street, and I literally didn't take a right turn or left turn because that would have completely thrown me off. Mm. That's how confusing this <laughs> this city was. But just down this main street and just kept walking straight until I found found a place. But in that walk, you know, you're walking past swarms of people that were all selling their fresh fruit and mm. fresh smoothies, and again, breakfast quesadillas and loads of different um things to, to try and you know it costs little to nothing really yeah. to you know to get these things so i tried so many different things had so many conversations in that first walk that i that i had that morning and uh yeah in terms of an experience i didn't bump into one traveler there yeah and it was it was great
0: that's so interesting with the like fruits and vegetables i'm curious if any like f- exotic fruits stand out to you as ones that you tried that you maybe may not have yeah. in Belfast
1: dragon fruit was one i'd never had really they yeah. were mad for it um
0: that's so interesting i didn't even know actually that they had them in mexico
1: yeah uh it, it was one thing that kind of threw us off and we just kind of buying things in the shop and bringing them back to the house and and them uh, back to the Airbnb and just trying them and uh, but dragon fruit in particular was one that um yeah didn't really stand out to me in terms of the taste i was like i wasn't like blown away like get me some of this but yeah, it was cool to, cool to try it. And it does look a wee bit weird as well. It's such an interesting fruit. Yeah. yeah
0: I, I, they have to be really ripe and really specifically, like right at the right mm-hmm. time. Otherwise, it tastes kind of watery.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it kind of just depends. On, Again, I haven't thought about having it having it since. Yeah. Um, I think I'm pretty stuck in my ways when it comes to fruit, though. I don't <laughs> really branch out that much. I'm kind of with what I know in that department. But um, I mean, have you had any sort of really. Are fruits that stand out to you over your travels that you think Mm. you need to have that
0: yes there's this fruit that i really like and the only place i've ever had it it was in indonesia Mm -hmm. and it's called mangosteen and did you guys ever have it in bali Um, it's so you it kind of looks like a it's like the size of a baseball and it's dark purple mm -hmm. and you kind of put it between your palms and you have to kind of crack it Open a little bit. Okay. And you open it, and then it has these seed type things that you um that you eat. And it's so interesting. You don't even actually you don't even remember to chew them, you just kind of suck on them. Yeah. And they're just taste really good. And they're really just kind of a cool fruit. And yeah. I had those when I went to Bali for the first time with my family in 2019. So interesting. I don't know where they exist outside of indonesia i'm sure mm-hmm. that they do somewhere but that's probably the most interesting one but i really love trying different fruits in like different places just kind of whatever's around yeah. so
1: um i do find you know foods that you have to work for taste better
0: yeah something about like being integral to like getting the fruit out yes is, this kind of fun, but. yeah.
1: That's a bit more, um, bit more enjoyable getting to the yeah, <laughs> the, the tasting stage.
0: <laughs> but try mangosteen when when you're in Bali next. Okay. Um,
1: and anyone who's listening, yeah.
0: But, um, okay. I love love hearing about this. It's just really interesting. It's, yeah, I have only really the the description of what you've you've told me. So
1: hmm. it,
0: it sounds like such a cool place. I mean, the people sound amazing. Food great um and and lots to do kind of around there yeah. curious like so what was your like biggest takeaway of this part of the trip It's also the first part of the trip as well kind of overall but like what was your biggest takeaway from this first experience because also i'm pretty sure this was your first trip to mexico yeah as well
1: yeah in terms of a takeaway in terms of advice do you mean um as in something that yeah however you interpret in it. it yeah for me if i was going back i would definitely um visit more more cenotes we didn't get enough in um in the time there so i feel like there were maybe one or two days wasted in that department mm-hmm. um kind of sorting things out and just enjoying merida but you know i think in merida you can you can spend a day getting to know the place mm-hmm. and thinking, okay this is it you know because it is a very same old same old city uh really really interesting of course um but there's a lot more out there side of yeah. the area so use merida as your, base, yeah. as your base and then kind of um you know explore the surrounding areas and the surrounding cenotes and the archaeological sites and things um, but yeah you know what i took away was from it was fantastic to rent the car and have your freedom that way not even just to visit those sites but for freedom for everything like getting to and from the airport you know we rented it from one base and handed it back in another all mm-hmm. very handy and yeah, um, I would say just try to get as much in each day as you mm-hmm. can because there's so much that the Yucatan area offers. Yeah, uh, we only got to see like a very small snippet of it, and uh, so I'll definitely be visiting at some stage, but I'll not be going back to the same places I've already visited. Yeah, um, unless, as I say, they've discovered more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. The car, the car rental is actually, I think, really interesting because I think a lot of people would maybe think going to Mexico. Yeah, you have your kind of Cabo type experience. Maybe you're staying in Cabo, you take like a bus to work to the Yucatan, but you don't ever rent a car. So I think really cool that you guys rented a car and then curated this trip driving yeah. around. And that's something I haven't heard many people that I know who have visited Mexico have yeah. kind of say that before.
1: I would definitely say if you're if you're renting a car, and uh, we just made a little bit more of an effort to spend a little bit more. It wasn't night and day difference uh, between a smaller car and a bigger car. But because, because the area was so new, because the city was complicated to drive around, and because mm. we were still not sure of where we were driving to, we did rent a larger Jeep, a big yeah. automatic Jeep. So better visibility um, mm. around those small streets and automatic, very easy to drive. And everyone just in general felt a lot safer. Yeah, so I'd say spend a little bit of extra money and don't drive around in a small, low vehicle um it's just better for everyone
0: <laughs> yeah one more space and you were with two other guys as well so what was it like traveling with your friends
1: we definitely had our moments for mm-hmm. sure um especially going out with not much of a plan um you know we did have a couple of times where there was a little bit of a, a change of opinion on what we wanted to do in certain days very normal for anybody that's traveled with friends absolutely but yeah no i think everything everything flowed quite well Everyone, um you know wanted the same thing out of the trip. Uh so we kind of took it day by day, but we had, you know, our internal and uh, domestic flights booked before we went. <laughs> we, we knew generally where we were going, uh, but what we were doing in between times was the the grey area. So um I think, you know, three mid 20s lads going out in their travels, it's you know, anybody in their mid 20s is always conscious about, you know, their financial situation mm. and um, you know their friend groups have really sort of condensed down at that stage as well so it's a it's a big thing to decide to go out and do a trip like that and yeah. who you go and do it with is very important um and booking time off work and saving up for it and all the committals that come with that i think um you know it definitely can add an, an element of stress onto the whole thing mm-hmm. so um the best the best um memories and the best plans usually come spontaneously mm-hmm. so that's why we thought we'll not plan for this we'll leave a lot of it open-ended and I think that's why it was it was such a success in the end but we did you know we've had our holidays before where they're very kind of alcohol fueled and you know there's a lot of days spent hungover but this was absolutely not one of those trips and um, we didn't didn't really have that at all and um, we just tried to get as much in of you know the the country and um, you know and enjoying every day and getting up early and really sort of trying to get as much out of each day as we could that's kind of was more of the focus of the trip and And that's why I think it was better that everyone was on the the same page.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. It's it's interesting. I mean, I haven't had anyone on who's had, you know, kind of a small group of a couple of guys. And, And as we were even chatting about the other day, you know, it's these early, yeah, these trips that you do. And I say early because I mean, like, how often are you going on three week holidays with anyone before you're 18? Yeah. Like or with three friends. Like you're really not. So yeah. early in like if you're, you know, yeah, in your mid twenties, it means you could feasibly have been, you know, six years where you could six, seven years where you would go on a trip. And a lot of that's taken up by college. So you're really just starting to travel with mates and do that yeah. on your own dime, on your own time. You know, you're in the working world, so you're taking out time. Yeah. And you're figuring out who you are as a traveler, mm-hmm. who they are as travelers. Does that make sense? Do, yeah, like you said, we all wanted the same thing, but how we went about it, maybe could was different or the same at times, depending on what it might have been. So yeah, yeah it's interesting to kind of hear that. It, it sounds like you guys all like had a really great time um, and organized it well in the way that, you know, you guys spent the investment that you had in mm-hmm. the way that made the most for for all of you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Just on on another note, we we flew to Mexico City and spent a couple of days there after Merida. And then we then went on to a place called Mazatlan out Mm -hmm. on the West Coast. But we knew whenever we got to Mazatlan, we wanted, you know, we didn't mind having a couple of days of sitting by the beach and going out to maybe the island and stuff. It was a very a very nice area but it was a bit of a holiday destination area to be honest for mm-hmm. you know there was a lot of americans and things which is fine um but we were uh, more americans. Using, yeah <laughs> god that was the worst part of the trip but yeah <laughs> um we we thought um you know we'll, we'll have a couple of chill days there but the one thing we wanted to do before we went out or, or well, sorry while we were in Mazatlan, was to do a jungle tour Mm. um so it was one of those ones that you couldn't really drive to um yeah so you did kind of take a bus from Mazatlan and they took you out to you know a couple of hours away um way into the sort of east and um took you to a jungle and you got onto a boat and got to see all the wildlife and the crocodiles and all sorts and we didn't book it before we went and um we thought just in case we somehow don't get to Mazatlan, because mm-hmm. it was quite expensive. It was like 90 pounds per person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we didn't book that before we went, and then we arrived and it had booked up weeks, mm. weeks in advance. So um, you know, if there's something like that's like a pretty a pretty highly committed all day affair and mm-hmm. um, that you're maybe not sure, maybe it'll be fine once we get there, just book it.
0: Book know. it, yeah. You just it's it's so interesting because even this trip in Italy to like restaurants book out, you know, you just really have to be on the ball with booking things. And yeah. that's one thing we really, you know, w- w- was reconfirmed because last year when we came to Europe, didn't really book that much. And a lot of stuff was booked out. And so this year, you know, when we started planning, we're like, we just have to book everything because we don't want to miss out, but it truly is like early word gets the worm. So, you know, we have to book things out, especially in Mexico and, and really anywhere that you wanna travel, just anything that's worth doing a lot of times, even as you know, travel gets more busy and more people are traveling, a lot of people are in tours are restricting their numbers. So they're just a less, you know, spots available. So you really have to be super vigilant. So yeah. It's definitely not surprising but unfortunate that you guys didn't get to go
1: yeah uh, that was a um that was sort of one disappointing thing because especially throughout the trip we were always kind of looking forward to that jungle tour um, yeah you know it's an all-day thing and it's all prepared and organized for you so it was very little thinking involved you can just go and enjoy yeah one of those few things um but yeah uh, i just kind of wish we booked that in advance knowing that we were going to get to of you know yeah. eventually but and then so as I mentioned, we were in Mexico City and I think one of the other downfalls of the trip was I threw out the idea that it might be fun for the three of us to spend the accommodation side of things in Mexico City in a hostel. and um, Because, you right. know, uh, Hugh and I were <laughs> in hostels in Australia and we had a great time. So I thought, okay, I want to bring out well, maybe my last time in a hostel before I'm... Uh, <laughs> weird 30 year old <laughs> in a hostel <laughs> or in my 30s uh, i was like this could be the last time i'll spend in hostels so yeah I'll, I'll do this and really bad idea Uh the hostel was awful Um, it was so dark cheap it was in really bad condition and you had to walk up four flights of stairs to get to the room i was just there was very little air con so we spent one night there i managed to sleep but my two friends didn't sleep at all because of the state of the place so we then went and thought okay we'll stay somewhere else and we got we all three of us got a hotel room each for the remain the other night for 14 pounds each which is nothing so
0: what on earth did you pay for the (laughs) hostel
1: i don't know which is
0: one pound
1: (laughs) i generally think it was four pounds each for two nights (laughs) i don't know what i expected
0: oh my gosh especially when you're going from pounds to pesos yeah. <laughs> like the pound is so strong
1: oh and i was still trying to get some form of refund as well from them whenever i didn't turn up for the second night
0: yeah yeah that's that's <laughs> so insane oh yeah. my god
1: i mean it was uh that was not great
0: um, oh gosh well it's going to it's going to cut us off here soon so we'll have to we'll have to wind down but i think that we've had some really good highlights there's also some things not to do it sounds like uh no hostels in mexico city
1: Oh uh, yeah make, uh, in sure. general, just no hostels in general if you're past yeah 25. <laughs> yeah yeah,
0: yeah, try no hostels in general, but and then, yeah, making sure we're things, but really cool trip, I mean, and we'll get some photos and we'll we'll post them so people can see, but yeah, really, really interesting trip. I'd never even heard of Rita before today, mm. um until you you start chatting. I think it's really cool that you guys also chose this random spot in Mexico yeah. and went you know out of Cancun because. Cancun is just gets so much attention. Yeah. But there's so much more to Mexico. And even, you know, the number of people I've known who've gone there and just go for a couple of days. And then the second they get out of Cancun is just just so amazing. So yeah. I can't wait to go to Mexico personally. Um, but thank you so much for sharing your experience with us today. Of course, no problem. It's no. been very, very fun. Um, let's see. I think that's kind of it. Any other last thoughts you want to share with our our friends listening today.
1: No, I think I've uh, I've burned your ear off enough. So, uh
0: <laughs> That's been so fun. Yeah. No, thank you so much for for coming on. This has been really fun. And yeah, we'll have to maybe get you, Hugh and I all set up to
1: do a little post recap virtually. Yeah, I would I would love that. Yeah. No, but uh thank you for Allowing my first podcast experience to be with you was, yes uh, well, a lot of fun so thank you
0: wonder we're wonders happy yeah. to be your first podcast experience we're it's been a wonder, it's wonderful
1: yeah it's all about the inclusivity it? <laughs> no
0: it's been so good well thanks so much luke much appreciated we're gonna go rejoin the squad now um downstairs for your last yep. last night <laughs> Damn it. Uh <laughs> your last night here in Luca. Yeah. Um, but thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, nice everyone. Again. All right. Bye.